the gospel like that. And so I was thrilled to get to uh, talk to him and uh, hear his testimony. And uh, Franklin Graham preached, and he preached hard. Boy, he preached against sin. And I mean, it was, he was very plain. And we praised the Lord for that. And I know that uh, Paula and Denise got to deal with different people. Uh, and it was just a blessing uh, to see so many people. I don't know exactly how many were there. I was talking to my dad today, and he said he heard reports there was 9,000 people there. I don't know, but there was lots and lots of people there, and uh, so that was just such a blessing. And so tonight, we're going to start out. We're going to pray that God will solidify in the local church what he did last night, and then we're going to open up with the choir, and uh, then we're going to hear uh, Mary Beth and Andrew sing, and boy, what a blessing. I am just thrilled to, be, uh, to get to know this sweet family. What a blessing they've been the last couple of days, and we've enjoyed hanging out with them. And so, uh, and Brother Travis will come and preach this. And I have found a friend in Travis. Amen. We like all the kind, same kind of things. Isn't that amazing? We love five gallon buckets. We'll, we'll pick them up wherever they are. They're so useful for all kinds of things. Anyway, but it's just been a blessing to have him. But let's open up in a word of prayer, and then Daryl come around and get us started right with the choir. All right, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to speak the word of God. Dear Lord, we're thankful last night, dear God, that we saw uh, so many people rededicating, giving their life to Christ. And we pray, dear God, that as that effort went forward to, to speak to the local churches and to, uh, to have those a part of it, that, dear God, you'll just solidify those, those works that they'll get rooted and grounded. Dear God, we know in our own place that discipleship is so important. We understand, dear God, dear Lord, when we see people get saved, we see the parable of the soil and the seed right in front of our eyes. And we know, dear God, that Satan is out there. And dear God, that they spring up and that so many just don't take any root and, uh, and they don't bear fruit. And we know that the cares of this life choke many out. But dear God, we do pray that there would be so much good ground and that, dear God, that we would help to take care of those ones that, uh, that need tending and need care. And we pray that we would be faithful in that as well. Dear Lord, be with us tonight in every part. We've come into your house to lift praises to, the, to your holy name, to lift praises to Jesus Christ. I pray that our hearts would be full of praise. I pray, dear God, if we need to still uh, deal with uh, things at the altar, if we need to pray with each other, that we would have that liberty and that freedom to do that tonight. Dear God, I pray that you just lift our spirits. And if there's someone who's come in and they just still aren't sure, if they know Jesus Christ, still not positive that he is their Savior, dear God, tonight can be the night that they can accept Christ as their Savior. We love you and are thankful for Jesus Christ. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. through generations 
covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me.
right, if we could get some ushers to come. Uh, we're going to take up an offering tonight, and everything that you do give in this offering will go to Mary Beth and Andrew. And so let's be praying for them, and I want you to remember that. So uh, pray for them, be a blessing to them as they're going to be traveling home, and we're thankful, and we want to help them uh, get to the next spot. All right. Well, Billy, would you ask a blessing on you? ready to sing for us like I said we've been enjoying the time with them and praising the Lord for that and uh, while we were eating today we were just having a good conversation about what the Lord's been doing and how he's been blessing and I was appreciating Andrew was saying that uh, he feels in a lot of the churches that they've been going even their home church that there's just a revival uh, of people who are hungry for the word of God that they're hungry to hear the word, uh, to hear it plain and straight. And so we're thankful for that. Y'all come and sing for us. And All right. Do that too. Thank you all so much for having us these days. We've sure enjoyed our time to 
get to know brother uh, Michael and sister Andrew. They took us out for dinner, and brother Travis as well. Good to see everybody. Thank you all for your kindness and hospitality and place to stay and all the food to eat. We sure do appreciate it and grateful. Y'all pray for us. We're going to head out to the house after services and try to get there tomorrow morning. And uh, But anyway, we've enjoyed our time here. We've had several folks ask us about CDs. We'll have some out there on the porch this afternoon. If y'all would like those, we have two of them. They're $10 a piece. And we have a little USB thing uh, for $30. It's got three of our CDs on there. So, But anyway... We'll start off uh, things this evening with a song that Mary Beth and I wrote several years ago, and it's called All of Your Heart. Still you hold me in your hand And 
mountain, still you hung on Calvary's tree. I've been having the Rochesters around here for some time, and this has always been one of my favorite ones that they did a long time ago. Uh, He's my lighthouse. Some of y'all remember that old one they done. I like it. Thank you. 
no bottle of water in that. Do you? Are you sure? I'm sorry. <clears throat> Mary Beth has some allergies there. And kind of been wrestling. We're a little bit ahead of y'all down there in South Carolina. So uh, this is a song here that I wrote just a couple weeks ago. And it's called Better Broken. And uh, I wrote the chorus of this last year and just finished it up a little while ago. We have some friends out in uh, right under Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, their son, uh, his name is Cade Schultz. He was in a car wreck uh, in November, the week of Thanksgiving. And uh, he's a fantastic ball player. And uh, he, had, he was a senior this year and had scholarships lined up uh, with, with different colleges because they, they, they told him this. They said, we want your legs. He's a fast, fast young man. And when he was in this car wreck, his legs went without blood uh, for 14 hours. And he was in, in the hospital for over 70 days and things. And they thought they were going act, to actually have to amputate his legs. And he's a walking miracle. He, uh, we thank the Lord. He just got rid of his crutches a couple uh, weeks ago. And uh, we thank the Lord for the progress he's made and all the glory to the Lord for that. But uh, Cade told his pastor this. He's a dear friend of mine. His name is Richard Kleinert. Uh, Cade told his pastor, he said, Preacher, them ball clubs one of my legs. But I guess God wanted him more. And uh, to see his faith, 18 years old, and uh, to, to trust God like that and his, his perfect will. And uh, so this song is kind of a uh, written after his testimony here. And the lyric says, Lord, if I'm better broken, I'll be broken for you. I hope it's a blessing.
praise that I can give from my broken heart. If my story's for your glory, then I know it's for my good. If I'm better broken, I'll be broken for you. If my story's for your glory, then I know it's for my Psalm Mary Beth wrote, um, the pastor had mentioned it the other night, and it kind of goes along with Better Broken. This song here says, but if not, I'll trust your way is best. Now, not are we 
familiar song. Uh, Mary Beth and I, we sometimes talk about what songs, uh, not that we get tired of the songs, but you'll be singing them often uh, throughout, a, for, throughout a month there. And two songs that we never get tired of is He Will Hold Me Fast and My Savior's Love. And uh, I'll forever stand amazed in the presence of Jesus Christ. And I will wonder why he would love someone like myself and why he showed me grace and uh, saved me. I'm so thankful for that. And uh, um, no, I'll never get over it. I can't wait to thank him for all eternity. And uh, we'll finish up with this old hymn right here. And to thank you again, Brother Michael. We sure do appreciate y'all. Brother Travis, good to have met you, brother. And uh, good to meet y'all, church. Thank you so much for having us up this way.
Thank y'all so much. What a blessing that's been. Boy, uh, we need the word of God now to us. Amen? Your heart's ready to receive it now, right? I would say so. I think the Lord has done a good work in our hearts this evening. And now we need the word of God. The part now is when it gets hard. See, that was the good part. Amen? That was the good part. But now what we really need is the Word of God. We're ready to receive it. Travis, come, open up the Word of God. Preach to us this evening. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wasn't that good? My soul. You'll not find no better. You'll not find no better. Oh, that's not to discredit any of my other friends that are singers. But that is top of the line. God has used them tonight already in my heart and I know in in some of your hearts as we could see the tears and the hands raised and the prayers made. Uh, that's not normal. That's, that's, that's what Christians do when God massages the heart. And so I thank the Lord for them, their ministry. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm gonna pray that God allows me to preach with them more often. I'm going to do that. Lord, make that possible. I've enjoyed myself listening to them sing and I've enjoyed you all. Thank you so much for your kindness. Uh, everyone that I've talked to, except for one. One was rude to me and did not like me and ran off when I tried to shake your hand. Everybody's looking at each other. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Michael's looking at me like, who was it, my brother? No, you have been great. It has been a privilege of mine to be here. Everyone has been actually super nice and polite to me. Uh, even Taco Tuesday at 10 o'clock at night at some of the members' church, they let me come and feed their kids a bunch of chocolate chip cookies at 10 o'clock at night. When she was telling them to go to bed, we stayed up and made chips and, 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 and milk. So praise the Lord for all that you've done and let me stay here in your place and, and, the, and, the, and the food that you left over there. Everything's just been so good. 
I've really, really enjoyed myself. All right, thank you is all I want to say. But get your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, one of my favorite, I guess, entire books really of the Bible is Colossians. There's a lot of good nuggets in here, a lot of good preaching in Colossians chapter 1. I won't keep you all night, and uh, I do want to give you the thought, though, about his life for mine, his life for mine. No doubt while they were singing, we were encouraged and and, 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 and not even encouraged through trial. You know, even, even in our suffering, oftentimes, we find uh, joy. It is the evidence. It, it is one of the evidence of the Christian life that we can be in a broken state. We, we can in a, be in a hard place, but yet still worship God. You know, we can be broken by God and still worship Him. You see, that's not normal. That, that's, not, that's not how the world operates. That's how God's children operate. You see, because we know something in the heart that they do not know. We, we feel even something in the heart, in the soul, spiritually, that they've never failed. We, we have talked to a Father and a God that we know does work all things out for are good and, and for his glory. And so the world may look and see why in the world would a people give their lives to a God that it looks like it, they are under much tribulation and under much trial. I may have mentioned it here. I thought I did, but my wife said we didn't even know trials until we got saved. So, so it's a reality that in the Christian life there is suffering. It's a reality that in the Christian life there's heartache. It's Bible. It's Bible. It's First Peter chapter one. I mean, it, it's 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 Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter three. I mean, the verses of our fellowship of suffering with Christ, and and that suffering is given to us. It's even a gift, but. But in all of that, God is not a mean God and he's not an evil taskmaster. No, we understand as the people of God that he really does love us and he loves us more than his own son. He, he sent his son to die so that we may live. Imagine that. Isn't it something to fathom that Jesus Christ, the most prized, precious treasure of heaven, the greatest thing there's ever been, I'll say it this way, I can't wait to go to heaven, but it, it, it's not for the golden streets and it's not for the walls of jasper it's not for the gates of pearl it's not it's not for a mansion oh no and not for my loved ones even I can't wait to see my dad but it's not for it. look if you take Jesus out of heaven friend it's just a place it just looks good it will not be good look Jesus is the reason that heaven is going to be what it is for me and you one day yes I'm going to enjoy uh, uh, even even Paul said what I saw in the third heaven. He said, I can't even explain to you. I can't put into words what I saw in that third heaven. I know it's going to be wonderful, but it is because of Jesus. And Jesus being that most prized, precious treasure of heaven, God the Father sent him to this earth to die for me and you. Isn't that something? That he would love us so much, he'd be willing to kill his own son. You know, me and you don't have to die. He died for us. I know the body will be laid to rest and I know they'll put us in a tomb six 
feet under if the Lord doesn't come and take us home. But friend, we'll not die. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Friend, you're looking at an immortal man tonight. If you've been born again by the Spirit of God, you're an immortal tonight. You'll not taste dead. No, you'll not die. The body of flesh will perish. Oh, but to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And why does the people, uh, not that we enjoy suffering, but why do we enjoy, uh, endure, I mean endure suffering uh, in order to give God glory? It's because we love him tonight. It's because he's worthy tonight. It's because he's the reason that I get to not die. He's the reason I get to enjoy heaven. I can suffer. I can go through tribulation because I love him tonight. But I don't love him out of my own choice. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. It is the great love of God that I feel in my heart. Oh, Paul says his love constrains me. Do you know why I love God? Do you know why I serve God? Do you know why I honor God? Do you know why I live for God? It is because he first loved me. It's because he died for me. It's because he he was the king of glory. And he said, I came not, uh, not to be ministered unto, but to minister. He said, I didn't come so that you could serve the king of kings. He said, but I as the king came to serve you and die for us. And I love him tonight because of that. Colossians chapter one, we'll read here what Jesus did for me and you. We'll read what Jesus did for me and you. We'll give a little bit of insight that the Lord allowed to give through the reading of the scripture to the Holy Ghost of God. And then we'll say how it's so easy, if you will, or how it's so irrelevant or how it's so reasonable for us to give our lives to God. He's worthy of my life. I don't serve him grievously. I know it's not easy, but he's done so much for me. He's loved me when I was unlovable. He's cared for me when no one did. He was there in the middle of the night. He was there in the dark when no one's around. All the friends and preachers and singers I know may turn their back. Oh, but the Lord is always there. And I love him tonight. I believe he's worthy of our life. Don't you? Amen. I can feel the presence of the Lord in this place tonight, Brother Michael. More so than I have this week. Praise the Lord. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 14. <clears throat> in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We're referring to that Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. That just means he was the first of all. He's the beginning and the end. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. This is my life verse here, 17. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. I like that because when I read it, I said to myself, without Jesus, it all falls apart. <laughs> and he is the head of the body, the church, who's the beginning of the firstborn from the dead. He's also the first one to raise from the dead by his own power. And in all things, he might have the preeminence. What is preeminence? Preeminence means number one. That means he is number one. God set it up so that Christ, the Son, should be number one in our lives. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of this cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you, he's talking to the church of Colossia, 
and I'm talking to the church of Nottingham, and the Lord's even talking to me too as I preach it. He had to talk to me first. And he says, and you, that's me and that's you. He says, and you that were sometime, that means once was in the past, alienated and enemies in your own mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Wow. If he continue, finishing our reading, if he continue in the faith grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which ye have preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Jesus, I pray you'd help us now for these next few minutes. God, I love you. Uh, Father, I need your help. I need you to do the work in the heart that I cannot do. God, I believe you've already prepared us now with the music. I pray, God, you'd speak to the heart as I merely can only speak to an ear. In Jesus' name, amen. His life for mine. Paul was not just concerned about us getting saved. Now, if you're lost in here tonight, there'll be plenty of gospel given in the next 25 minutes that you'll be able to come to Christ. No doubt about that. If you do not know Jesus, if you've never accepted him in your heart, if you never said, Lord, Lord, forgive me of my sin and come live into my heart. If you said, Lord, I give you my life. If you've not done that, you need to be saved and you can do that tonight. But not just so concerned about the lost in the building tonight. What about the saved? I believe the majority of here is on a Wednesday night are ones that love God and want to please God and want to serve God the best that they can. I believe that for the majority. So I believe we've got born again people. And Paul was not just concerned with the church of Colossia, uh, just that merely they get saved, but now he's concerned, the verse, uh, verse 10 uh, said that they might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. And look at this word here, increasing in the knowledge of God. He said, I just don't want you to get saved, although you need to be saved. He said, but when you get saved, I want you to increase in the knowledge of God. It is what Pastor Mike was talking about. It's also uh, what Brother Andrew was talking about when they uh, shared the story around the lunch table, uh, when they said that people now are yearning for the word of God. They're yearning to increase in the knowledge of God. And Pastor Michael will agree, you will not increase in the knowledge of the word of God unless it's by the word of God. It must be the Bible that does the increasing of the knowledge, the renewing of the mind. Paul's just not concerned and nor am I tonight that we only just be saved, but I am concerned tonight that we get saved and then we increase and then we grow and then we continue in the things of God. Number one in the text that I read, I see a purchase that was made, a purchase that was made. Does anyone take notes in here? A bunch, praise the Lord. So I'll make sure that I go over these are long points in the headlines and these words matter. So I will take my time. Number one, I see a purchase that was made. There is redemption through Christ. A purchase that was made, redemption through Christ. In verse, uh, in verse 14, he said, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. I see that there was a bought with a price. To be redeemed means to be bought back. It means to be bought back. Has anyone in here ever had a shotgun, well, or anything of that matter, a ring or, or something you like, and you took it to the pawn shop because you was hard up for money? Anyone at all? Am I the only one? You've got to be kidding me. I, I, for, for real, let's loosen up. Has anyone ever sold something at the pawn shop? Praise the Lord. We got one. Me and you, brother, we're going to have our own, we need to have our own AA meeting right over here, tell each other our problems and our difficulties. I cannot believe that. Well, I've done that a few times. You know, my dad, you'd be hard up back. I guess, we was, I guess I'm like Billy Kelly. I spell poor with three O's. We was poor. 
Anyway, so you go to the pawn shop. Now, that shotgun was mine. That gun, that gun was mine. I bought it originally. It was mine. I still felt like it was mine. But I take it to the pawn shop, and I give it to them, or I take it where, you know, wherever you can get some money for it, and they'll give you a little slip for it, and you can come back and buy it back later. Usually buy it back for a greater price, though, than what they gave for it. Uh, but it's still... You've taken your uh, a shotgun and you've you've put it into the uh, someone else's hands. You still believe it's yours. It's mine. It's my shotgun. I'm just letting them hold it for a while. I needed some money. I'm gonna go back and get it. You know. And so you you go back to the you go back to the pawn shop and you go in there and say, Well, I want to buy my shotgun back. That's my shotgun. It's mine. He says, No, it ain't yours no more. I, you you got to pay me for it. He said, Well, fine. You gave me two hundred dollars for it. I give you two hundred. He said, Oh no, that price won't do. That price won't do. You can't have it back for $200. It's my shotgun. I was just letting you hold it so I could have some money for a little while. No, that ain't going to do. It's my shotgun now. I own it. I belong it. I keep it. And the guy at the pawn shop keeps it. says, you're going to have to give me $400. And I say, well, what about $250? He said, no, that price ain't going to do. Well, what about $300? No, that price ain't going to do. And I say, all I got in my wallet is $350. That's all I got. Will that price buy me back what was once mine? It was my shotgun anyway. I want to redeem, that's what that's called, I want to redeem my shotgun. I want to redeem it. I want to buy it back. 350 won't do. You know, so then you pull out your cards, you know, and you, you run your card, and then he says, I'm sorry, sir, something went wrong. It didn't go through. And you're like, I can't believe it. This is a new card. <laughs> you know it ain't a new card. And you, you run it again. If you're like me, you said, hold on, I'm calling the bank right now. And you pick up the phone, and you didn't call nobody. You're just making your way to the car to get out of there as fast as you can of your embarrassment that your card didn't work. But you couldn't buy it back. It was a certain price. The only price could be paid was what they had on the sign. And I said that the Lord, there was a purchase that was made, redemption through Christ. What was the redemption price? What was the price that cost? It was a price that we couldn't pay. It was a cost that we could not afford. And it caused the blood, the payment was the blood of Jesus. It says the blood, even the forgiveness of sin. How do we have redemption tonight? We have redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ went to the cross and shed his blood, his blood that was spilt was spilt on my account and for my behalf. We're all the creation of God. Even if you're a sinner tonight, even if you're a lost person tonight, if you are uh, uh, with God or without God, you didn't come from no ape and you didn't come from no tadpole. You didn't come from the devil. You, you didn't come from nobody else. The only reason that you're here tonight is because you belong to the creation of God. He's the only one that can speak life into existence. So if you're here tonight living and breathing, uh, you are a creation of God. But because of sin, you've been separated now from God. And God says, I want to buy them back. God says, I want my creation back. God come up with a plan in order to buy back creation. And we were bound by sin and bound by the chains of sin. And so we'd offer a blood of a goat. And the blood of a goat could not forgive sin. It could only pacify God's wrath just for a moment. And then we'd sprinkle turtle dove blood. And, and we'd, ha we'd have different sin offerings. And then we'd have one in one year. And then each sin we'd have to go and do something else. And, and there was all these activities that we did but it did not buy us back to God. I told you already, they had to go to paradise, could not go to heaven, because you can't go to heaven on the blood of a bull or a goat. It must be through the blood of Jesus. So he said, I've got to figure out a payment plan. i got to figure out something that's sufficient enough, uh, that no matter no matter what we spilled, it was not sufficient to buy us back. No matter what they did, no matter what we did, we could not get out of our sin. I was chained by my sin. No matter how much money I made, I could not get out of my sin. No matter how good I looked, 
I could not get out of sin. Uh, no matter about my family and where I'm from and my name, my skin color, my gender, it did not matter. Nothing that I could do. My workplace, I could not get myself out of my sin. But God, hey, praise the Lord. Uh, but there was a father in heaven uh, who says, I want to redeem. I want to buy back. Uh, I want to make a purchase. <laughs> I want to buy back uh, what was once mine. Uh, and he went into that, uh, that imaginary pawn shop. Uh, oh, that verbal punch up and he says I want back what's mine and the devil said there's only one there's only one price that will do the sin will not be forgiven and that's even the father's plan he said there's only one payment that will do and it was a payment I couldn't pay it was a payment I couldn't afford it was a payment that only one not my daddy not my mama not my pastor but only one man that came to this earth the prize treasure of heaven he came to where me and you was and he walked into the gates of sin oh into the dungeon of hell and he said I want to buy back what was once mine a purchase was made a purchase for me and a purchase for you by the shed blood of Jesus we have forgiveness of sins and I praise the Lord what a purchase something we couldn't pay he paid it all. <laughs> Not only a purchase that was made. Oh, I love him. That's enough to love him right there. Ain't that enough? He paid our way out of hell right there, friend. <laughs> He got us out of damnation. He, he got us out of sin. That's enough for me to give him my life. But, oh, but it gets better. Not only a purchase that was made, if you're taking notes here, let me say this too. And I know it's preached here and been preached here. It's why we believe in the virgin birth. The reason we believe so much in the doctrine of the virgin birth is because it's very, very important. Why is it important? If you go back to my daddy, yeah, he's in heaven. But if you went back to his, if you found the daddy, Mr. Kerlock, you'd find sin in his life. And if you go back to my daddy's daddy, my grandpa, you'd find sin in his life. Now that's as far back as I can trace the Kerlock name. I heard that when his, my grandma's mother, my grandpa's mother was on the way from Ukraine to North America in a ship. She had a daughter already and she died giving birth to my grandpa. And so when they showed up in America, her brother was there, their uncle. He didn't know nothing about raising no kids, so he gave them to an orphanage. Nobody ever wanted them. Nobody ever cared for them. My, my, my grandpa's sister, she grew up and started working in that orphanage. My grandpa, when he got old enough to work, uh, he left and moved out and, and started his life for himself. I can't go any farther back. I've tried it to find who my great-granddaddy is. But if you could find my great-granddaddy, you'd find sin in his life. And if you found him, his daddy, you'd find sin in his life. And if you could trace it all the way back to the days of Noah, into the day of the flood, you would find even on the ark there was sin. And if you could go all the way back to the garden, uh, to the first Adam and Eve, you will find that there was sin in their bloodline. From daddy to daddy to daddy, you can always trace back the name and trace back it to sin. But because of the virgin birth, uh, that's why it's important tonight. Uh, there's no daddy with sin. Uh, there's no tainted bloodline. Uh, there 
Mary, hey, it's pure blood. That's why he told Mary, don't touch me. I've not yet went to the Father. He had that pure blood. He had that untainted blood that he gathered up from the ground somehow, some way, and he applied it to the mercy seat in heaven. Praise God for the tainted pure blood of Jesus Christ that was without sin, the Lamb that taketh away the sin of the world this morning, not tonight. Not only a purchase, but look at this, the position we're now in. The position we're now in, here you are, reconciled in Christ. So point one was redemption through Christ. Now we have being reconciled in Christ. The position we're now in, reconciled in Christ. Jesus, through the death and the blood, has brought peace instead of war. Let's look at what the Bible says, verse 21 and 22. And you, and me too, <clears throat> that were sometime alienated and enemies in your own mind by wicked works. Now, if you've yet to be born again tonight, you are an alien. You are an enemy of God. Even if you would say you were or not, you are. How do you know? Because of your wicked works. Nothing you do will honor God if he's not your father. And he says, and you were sometimes alienated, enemies of your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Yet now hath he reconciled. How did he do that? 22, in the body of his flesh through death. That's how he did that. And why did he do that? To, boy, that's good. To present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. He brought peace instead of war. We have been reconciled to Christ. We have been brought to a new life. Not only did Jesus' blood forgive us of our sin and save us from hell, but now he has reconciled us to God because of our sin. We can't be in God's presence because of our unworthiness. We can't be in God's presence. We're not allowed to be in heaven. We're not allowed to be around God. But through Jesus' death, through Jesus' blood, not only did he forgive the sin, which I'm glad to avoid hell, but it gets even better than that. Not only do we perish in there, but we get to go up there. It would be great just to avoid hell and die. But friend, when we die, not only did we avoid that place of torment, but we get to enjoy that place of glory. Why? Because Jesus Christ, he has now reconciled us. He has brought us back together with the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. And when God should have brought war, when God should have had wrath, do you know when he killed everybody in Noah's ark blood? He was just in doing that and there was no sin on his account. When he wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah, God was just in doing that and there's no sin on his account. And if he wiped us all out tonight, He'd be just in doing that and there'd be no sin on his account. But praise God because of Jesus. Praise God because of the blood. Praise God because he's reconciled. He said he brought peace and not war. He's made peace with us and God. When he, hey, he said I was an alien. He said I was his enemy and nobody buddies up with the enemy. Nobody likes the enemy. Enemies kill one another. But because of Jesus, 
Jesus Christ. We who were once enemies have now come children of God. Instead of him taking a big old hand of condemnation and knocking us off the earth, he took a great hand of compassion and has scooped us up. I thank God to know tonight I love him. Why? Because his blood forgave my sin. I love him. Why? Because he brought me back into a relationship with God the Father and I can spend an eternity with the Lord himself. When I used to be an enemy, he said to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. A news flash, not in ham. I'm not a holy man. I'm, hey, I'm, a, I'm not unreprovable. I'm not unblameable. I've done many sins in my life. I didn't get saved till I was 29. I'm still trying to work on my Christian character even today. But I'm here to tell you about the good mercy and grace of God. He's put that on my account that through Jesus Christ, him who knew no sin became sin that we may be made the righteousness of God. In him, praise the Lord. We're positionally righteous before God because of the blood that Jesus shed. I should have been wiped out. I should have died a long time ago. But he said, I'm going to present you through the body of my death and the shedding of my blood. Holy, unblameable, unreprovable in God's sight. Woo, I love him for that. Friend, I love him for that. Say, why do you serve him so? Because he paid a price I couldn't pay. Say, why, why, why you act so crazy about the things of God? Because I know where I should be. I know what should have happened to me. I know where I should be living. But, but because of God and the forgiveness of sin and how he loved me, that's why we love him. Because the Bible shows us that he first loved us. The Bible says for a righteous man, maybe one would die. Peradventure for a good man, maybe some would die. The Bible says maybe if you was a good man. Maybe it makes sense for somebody dying for you. The Bible says if you was a righteous woman, maybe it makes sense for somebody to die for you. But the Bible says, but no, won't none of us righteous. Won't none of us good. Oh, but the Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Who can't love a God like that? Who can't serve a God like that? Oh, he's worthy of my life. He's worthy of my moments. He's worthy of my dark. He's worthy of my days. He's worthy of my reading. He's worthy of my prayer life. He's worthy of my love for my wife. He's worthy of my love for my children. They're not mine. They belong to him. I was just an old servant. I'm just an old slave. I'm just an enemy of God. But because of Jesus Christ, I've been made heir to the throne tonight. Woo, I can't get over that, friend. That has changed my life. Should have got rid of us a long time ago. That one song says, that's what Jesus does. He heals and he mends and he loves. That's what Jesus does. And he didn't have to. They sung it right. If he breaks us, he's right for doing it. I don't like it either. 
But he can do what he wants. Let me say this, and we'll move to the last point and we'll be done. I don't like it no more than anybody else. And I believe Job even understood that no matter what happens here, it will all be worth it when we make it there. Oh, I can't prove it to you. I can't prove it. I can't. That's why we got to believe by faith what the Bible says. Notice the purchase that was made. We have redemption through Christ. He bought us back. Notice the position that we're now in. We've been reconciled to God. Reconciled in Christ. And lastly, our purpose. This is where it really gets good. Thirdly, purpose. Here you are. Don't lose me now. We're at the end. I know it's been exciting. Our responsibility. We don't like that word. I don't either. I'm sweating even just thinking about it. What's the purpose? The purpose that we now have. Our responsibility to Christ. So we have redemption through Christ. We have been reconciled in Christ. Every time we sin, Jesus leans over to the Father and says, I'm making intercession. You can't hold them accountable. I've already forgiven them. Gosh, that's, I hope y'all getting that. That's unreal. That's peace. I'll tell you what that is. That's peace that passes all understanding. That's what that is. That's peace that passes all understanding. That who was once an enemy has now made a friend. Not just a friend, a child. That's unreal. I'm not getting over that. <laughs> That'll take me all the way to Tennessee. I got a 10-hour drive. I'm going, friend. Lastly, our purpose now, our responsibility to Christ. Look at verse 23. Now, you have to be a student of the Bible here to understand the language of the Bible. So Paul is not saying in verse 23, if you do this, this will happen. You have to know that by reading the context of the entire chapter 1 or even the entire book. It's not that long. But he never gives what will happen if you do this. The language of the Bible, Paul is saying here, I presume. This if is since. So now he's already told us what happened. He said, I want you to grow in Christ. I want you to too. Your pastor does too. I want to grow in Christ more than I am today. I want to grow tomorrow. And he said, this is what Christ has done for you. He reminded us all what Christ did. So now me and you can see that. Now you'll only see it in the heart if God allows you. I can see it in the heart. If you can see it in the heart tonight, raise your hand. Yeah. God's got to put that. You can really see what God is doing through the Scripture. And he said, since he done that, here's your responsibility, okay? He said, I presume or since ye continue in the faith grounded and settled. The faith is in what he just explained to us that Jesus did. Be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Be not moved away of what I just told you, which ye have heard and which we have preached to every creature which is under heaven. 
Paul said our responsibility now, since God did all of that, since Jesus did all of that, I want you to continue. Uh, continue in the faith. And to continue adds strength. To continue adds what? Growth. Uh, one time I was catching an airplane. I was actually coming to Dulles, which that's pretty close to here, ain't it? Is Dulles pretty close? Two, three hours, okay. I was going to Culpeper, Virginia to preach. So I went to the Dulles Airport, okay. So I, I drove from West Virginia down to Knoxville and I got me a plane and everything went fine. Jumped from Knoxville, flew over to Dulles and, and uh, the reason I had to do this because I had to go a bunch of different other spots and, and so I flew over there and then uh, uh, I preached that Sunday morning and, and then uh, uh, Monday morning I got up went to the airport at Dulles and I'm getting ready to fly to Florida and got to be there the same day. Got to be at the service that night. So we get there and, and I got to go through Atlanta to get to Florida. You know, you guys that fly, a lot of times you'll catch them hubs, you know. A lot of times if you fly Delta, you got to go through Atlanta. So that's what we did. Well, I sat at the Dulles Airport in the, in the seat of my air, in the seat of the air, air, airline, airplane, two and a half hours. They come on the radio and they said, we're sorry, everyone, but, but we don't have any uh, fuel trucks to give us any fuel. We've got one fuel truck for three different airlines. And Dulles is pretty big. So I'm kind of like, well, okay, we've got to wait on fuel. Now, everybody got upset about that. They say, no, I'm, I'm going to miss my plane. I'm going to miss it. We better get us off the ground. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we don't need to go nowhere without no fuel. <laughs> Let's not get too upset now. This ain't a car. We're not coasting to the nearest exit, friend. We run out of fuel. We got a long way to the ground. I said, no, let's just wait and be happy that they can read a gauge, friend. What if it was broke and it said full? When it was empty, we'd all be dead. I said, praise the Lord for a gauge that worked and praise the Lord for a pilot who can read it. So it said over two and a half hours. Now, I had to catch that next plane in Atlanta. Then I had to catch that plane and make it to Florida. So we finally get up, boy, we take off, and we land in Atlanta. I had 20 minutes to get from my plane to the next plane. 20 minutes. They was already boarding. I'm talking about till takeoff time, not till boarding time. And your phone, if you, you all have ever done this, if you got the app, like wherever you're flying, if you got the app, it'll tell you, we're boarding your seat now. Well, that was 30 minutes ago. 20 minutes, and I told the lady beside me, I said, I said, I got 20 minutes to make it all the way to Concourse A. I've landed at Concourse E. There ain't no farther distance than A to E in Atlanta. <laughs> That's how far it is. A is the beginning, and E is the end. I pulled into E21. It's almost the last gate, and I got to go all the way to A. I said, I've got 20 minutes. She said, will you go in front of me? I'll hold him back. She jumped out in the aisle and held him back. Boom, I took off, but I'm running through the airport. Man, I'd love to tell you that I've been I'd love to tell you I've been staying in shape, Brother Michael. I'd love to tell you. I can do that, that marathon that y'all been doing. And I'd love to tell you that. I'd love to tell you the Marine is still in shape at 41 years old. Friend, I am not, okay? And I'm grieved about it, all right? I'll pray too when it's time to repent. But I was running through the airport. I'd love to tell you I had a pair of tennis shoes on. I'd love to tell you I had shorts on. No, friend, I had a pair of Wranglers and red wing boots on. That's what I had on. And they're not made for running. I'm running through the airport and I'm thinking, oh God, I'll never make it to 
My shin splints was killing me. My back was killing me. I had my backpack on and I got a message saying that my bag's not going to even make it. I was running faster than my bag was that was in the plane. It never even made it to the plane. I'm running just as fast as I can. I'm about to die. Those people, even in the airport, I guess those frequent flyers, every time I'd run by, they go, we got a runner, we got a runner, we got a runner, we got a runner. I'm thinking, yeah, you need to help me. You need to find that guy with that golf cart. You know, there's somebody in here, a wheelchair. I need help. I'm about to die. I'm running there. I felt like that guy that got beat up, you know, and then the Levite and the priest came by and looked at him like, oh, he'll, he'll be fine. I'm about to die. I need water and I'm running. I get to the gate and I'm looking at the gate and it still looks like there's some people. There was about 10 people hanging out the gate still. And I said, praise the Lord, I made it. I got over and I get to the end. I'm like, oh, oh gosh, oh Lord. Oh, I thought I was going to pass out. It didn't matter if I made it or not. I'm going to be laid dead right here in the floor. That guy was like, you made it. And I was like, but I may not make it, actually. I may not. I'm breathing. Nobody offered me no water. Even when I scanned my ticket, she was like, hello, you know. Like, that's a normal occurrence. I'm about to die. Something happened, Brother Michael, that I wasn't ready for. I was not prepared for the plane to be laid. When I was in the Marines, I could run you, you could run, you'd run three miles in your sleep. You could run blindfolded, fall down, get back up and keep going. Oh, it was easy. You know what I thought about while I'm about to die, hyperventilating in that place? I thought if I would have kept up with my running like I did in 2005, this wouldn't have been nothing. I said, if I would have continued, oh, there's that word. If I would have continued in what I know to be right, then I would have been prepared when the season of life that I wouldn't expect showed up. Are we preaching now? Are y'all with me? If I would have continued, which adds growth, which adds strength. Oh, yes. If I would have continued... In my calisthenics, oh, it would have been nothing to make it to the plane, something that I didn't even see coming. His life for mine. It is important for the child of God to live in the light of the cross. What do you mean, preacher? It's important... That me, here's what Paul told the church. It's what he told him, and it's what I'm telling you. It's what God's telling us. It's important that we remember point one and point two and to continue in those things for when life throws an airplane that we wasn't expecting to run late. There'll be seasons in our life we'll not be ready for. And Paul said, continue in the things of God. Continuing adds strength and growth. If me and you live in the light of the cross, live in the light of what Jesus done, live in the light of what he paid, live in the light of what he done, oh, it keeps me out of sin. Not only does it keep me out of sin, but it keeps me happy. It gives me the joy of my salvation. If the Jones could come back up. I, I want them to play that song.
the broken for you song. They're going to come and start playing. The story about a young boy, teenager, fell in love. You teens ought to listen up here. There's some of y'all that are in love. Some of y'all, I was there when you got engaged, praise the Lord, on the ball field in Tennessee. I want you to listen up real, 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 real good. Oh, I'm almost done. Look, I'm landing the plane. How about that? Listen, can he have your life tonight? Can he? I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about to the believer right now. Is he worthy of your life? Is he worthy of your moment? My life for him. Every moment matters. We just had a moment. And we just had another. And we just had another. And our moments make up our minutes, which make up our days, which make up our years, which make up our life. Every moment matters. This guy was in love with this girl. She was in love with him. They wanted to get married when they graduated high school. And their dad said, and they was Christian. They went to church. They loved God. At least that's what their testimony was. And, and they served God. And so they, they wanted to get married. But dad said, let's wait till after college. They was both going to a Christian college. So he said, okay. They was pure. They loved each other from when they was children. And, and they never knowed nobody else. And they never did anything they shouldn't do. They wasn't drunks. They wasn't dope heads. No, they were Christians. Growing in Christ. At least trying to. At least it seemed like. True story. And so they went off to college, and, and that went well. And after college, they stayed together still. And Dad said, all right, I think it's real. I think it'll last. Y'all can get married. So they, 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 they go to get married, and they have a bachelor party. Now, I've been a part of bachelor parties that are in the world, and I've been a part of bachelor parties that are in the church. And it's two totally different things. Some men of this Christian boy thought it'd be enjoyable to order a lady of the night to come to the bachelor party. So he's now doing things, seeing things, being a part of things that he's never ever seen before, never done before. His fiance's probably at a movie. They're, they're probably hanging out with the girls. They're, they're probably minding their own business. Oh, but he's out of the will of God. One moment. Oh, it's been all good. 23 years, it's been great. Now one moment. The story goes that he knew that lady that night, and that's as far as I'll go. You can't figure that out, that's just God's intention. He knew that lady that night. Next morning, she was gone, nobody knew the wiser. He was heartbroken, to be honest. He, he knew he messed up, to be honest. He's chastised, I believe he's saved. I believe he was chastised. I believe he was convicted. I, I believe God said, you know that was wrong heartbroken but 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 nobody knew and it was okay if you will not okay but but in his mind he's like no need to make this a bigger deal than what it is it, it was just a bad idea god forgive me she's gone nobody will know so they get married they go on the honeymoon they enjoy each other for a while their time their season their marriage she gets pregnant oh what a great time best time in the world that first child she gets pregnant, they're excited, and they're so stoked, and they go to church, and they love God, and man, I've known them when I was young. This is my childhood sweetheart, and this is my, oh my, I just love him every time. He, I just love his smell, and I, oh, life is perfect. They go to the doctor, and the doctor says, 
through them ultrasounds, I can do a whole lot. He says, there looks like something's wrong with the eyes of the baby. He said, can't tell, but it doesn't look like the eyesight's developing as it should. We'll know more when the baby's born, but we think you need to know that. They're like, oh man, a broken season. Something we didn't plan on. Something we wasn't ready for. Oh, but what they weren't ready for happened a long time ago at a bachelor party when the plane showed up with no fuel that he wasn't ready for because he was out of the will of God. The baby's born, they do all the blood work like they do and they check on the baby to find out what the issue is and the doctor comes back into the hospital room and says, I need you to sit down. So I'm going to tell you what's wrong. He said, the baby's got a disease. They told him what the disease was and they said, well, how in the world is that possible? What would we get it from? From a water fountain? From, 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 from COVID? I mean, what? He said, the only way that we know, and this happens oftentimes to babies as they're born, is this, this STD. She said, well, that can't be so. We've been pure our whole life. That can't be so. I didn't do that. I ain't been with nobody. And he ain't been with nobody either. We've loved each other our whole life. Only to look over at her husband, the lover of her life. And him to say, it can't be. The doctor says, oh, it's true. It's in y'all's blood. The blood don't lie. The blood don't lie. He says, yeah, one time, one moment of my life, I wasn't ready. I, I thought it'd be okay. I thought it was no big deal. Good Christian couple, they stay together. Market off as a bad move. Dealing with a blind daughter. Her fourth birthday came up and they started giving them, they started giving them a, a presents and she would open up her presents and she couldn't see and she'd open it up and unfold it and oh, it's a beautiful, she could tell it was a sweater. It had an arm and, and you could tell, you know, sweatshirt material and holding it up but, and they'd say, oh, it's so pretty. It's got a unicorn right on the front. But she couldn't tell. She'd pour out her Barbie doll and her Barbie doll felt like every other Barbie doll. They're tall and they're skinny and they got long hair and when she felt it, it felt like all the other Barbies. But they would say, oh, that's that one that everybody wants. How'd you find it? But she couldn't tell. They felt all the same. She opens up the rest of her gifts when everybody explains her because she's blind and can't see. Four-year-old now. Some of y'all have had a four-year-old. I've got a three-year-old right now. The man so distraught about his one moment outside of God, so distraught, he goes and sits on the couch. As he's sitting on the couch, he just tore up from the floor up. I can't believe, I can't believe. He's trying to get himself back together and his four-year-old daughter comes up and sits on his lap. Looks up at her daddy. Says, why can't I see? Like everybody else. Daddy overwhelmed by the one moment outside the will of God goes upstairs to the bathroom and ends his life on his daughter's fourth birthday. She don't have a daddy today and mama don't have a husband. Because of one moment outside of the light of the cross Say, we're all guilty of that, preacher. We could all do that. Yes, we could. 
not if we stay tucked under the light of what Jesus does. Say, you can't be sinless. No, but you can sin less. Here's my invitation tonight. Would you give God your life? Would you? Would you? Some of you say, well, I already have. Good. Come tell him. Come say, God, you've been everything to me. God, you purchased me. You paid the price I couldn't. Thank you. God, you reconciled me. I was separated from God. I remember my life of sin. I've got a lot to be thankful for. Thank you, Lord. Some of you may have some children. You may need God to say, God, protect my children from the moments of life that they'll not be ready for. The invitation is for you tonight. You need to be saved. I'm going to make this simple for the lost. You need to be saved. If God spoke to you, I just want you to come get me or Brother Mike. Just come get us. I'll not raise a hand. I'll not drag you. You need to be saved. You come tell me and him. For the believers in the room, I think it'd be good for us to load this altar up. That's what I think. I think it'd be good to say, God, I don't care if I've served you for 60 years and I don't care if I've been serving you for six years. I don't care. God, you did so much for me. I'm gonna come and tell you, you can have my life. And I don't even know what it looks like, but you can have me. I don't even know how, but you can have me. I want my moments to be overwhelmed with the things of God. Some's already coming. Let's stand and you come. Make your way to this altar as they say. When I see the sunrise in the morning.